Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Dang, we've already read a lot today before, huh? Because you're reading Charlotte's Web in your tutoring class. Yep. This is a big reading day. Okay, what book are we reading? We are reading a series of unfortunate events, The Wide Window, Book the Third. Book the Third, chapter? Chapter 11. Oh no, Aunt Josephine, Aunt Josephine said. The children paid no attention. The worst of Hurricane Herman was over. And as the Baudelaire's sailed across the dark lake, there seemed to to be little danger. Violet moved the sail uh, around with ear. Come Violet moved the sail around with ease. Now, now the wind was calm. Klaus looked back at the lavender light of the lighthouse and confided. Confidently? Confidently. Confidently guided the way back to Damocles Dock. Damocles Dock. Dock. And, oh wait, that you can't do that in a, you can't do that period right. and then a capital and. Mm-hmm. Grammar mistake. <clears throat> That's true. Oh my gosh, speaking of grammar mistakes. Aunt Josephine would not approve of that. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Anyways. And Sunday moved and Sunny moved the the tiller, tiller. Mm-hmm. the tiller as if she had been a tiller mover her all her life. Only Aunt Josephine was scared. She was wearing two life jackets instead of one. And every few seconds, she cried, oh, no, even though nothing frightened, frightening, what is right there? It's, it's water. Even though nothing frightened me was, hap- was happening, oh, no, Aunt, Joseph- Aunt, Josephine- Aunt Josephine said, I mean, it is, it, I mean it this time. What's wrong, Aunt Josephine, Violet said, tiredly. The sailboat had reached an approximately middle of the lake. The water was still fairly calm, and the lighthouse was glowed, still glowed, and the lighthouse still glowed a a pinpoint of pale purple light. There seemed to be no cause of alarm. For alarm, we have entered the ter- territory of lacrimose mus- leeches. Lacrimose leeches. Oh. <clears throat> I know. They're, I think they're made up words, so don't worry. Lacrimose, not a real word. Aunt Josephine said, I'm sure we'll pass through safely, Klaus said, peering through the spyglass to see if Demokles Dock was 
visible yet. You told us that small leashes were harmful and only preyed on small fish. Harmless. Harmless and only preyed on small fish. Unless you've eaten recently, Aunt Josephine said. But it's been hours since we've eaten, Violet said soothingly. soothingly. The last thing we ate were peppermints at Anxious Clown. That was in the afternoon, and now it's the middle of the night. Aunt Josephine looked down and moved away. She, of the side of the boat, and said, But I ate a banana, she whispered, before you arrived. Oh, no, Violet said. Sunny stopped moving. The trail, the trailer, the Tyler. Tiller. Oh. That's okay. Can you, yep. I'm sorry, I'm tired. That's okay, you did great. High five. Yeah, girl. All right, show me where you were. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's nothing to worry about. Wait, okay, you can move Trail. your finger. Oh, the seller. Uh, tell her. Oh, I can't even say the word. Am I tired, too? Oh, no, Violet said. Sunny stopped moving the tiller and looked worriedly into the water. I'm sure there's nothing to worry about, Klaus said. Leeches are very small animals. If we were in the water, we might have reason to fear, but I don't think that they will attack a sailboat. Plus, Hurricane Herman may have frightened them away from their territory. I bet the lacrimose leeches won't even show up. Klaus thought that he was done speaking for the moment, but then in the moment that followed, he added one more sentence. The sentence was, speak of the devil, and it was an explosion that you... It is an expression that you use when you are talking about something only to have it occur. For instance... That, that happened right? to me. I was talking to my about my friend Brooklyn, and I was like, yeah. "Why didn't she come?" Speak of the devil. Yes, <laughs> exactly right. For instance, if you were wearing two life jackets instead of one, and every few seconds she cried, "Oh no!" Even though nothing frightening was happening. Oh no! And Josephine, wait a minute. Did we already read this? Yes. Dang it. Sorry, you guys. The pages are wet, and they're sticking together. Um, okay, for instance, if you were at a picnic and said, I hope this, do- I hope it doesn't snow, and that this very minute a blizzard began, you could say, speak of the devil, before gathering up your blanket and potato salad, driving away to a good restaurant. But in the cause of the Baudelaire orphans, I'm sure you can guess what happened to prompt Klaus to use this expression. Speak of the devil, Klaus said, looking into the waters of the lake. Out of the swirling blackness came shiny, rising shapes, barely visible in the moonlight. The shapes were scarcely longer than a finger. At first, they looked as if someone were swimming in the lake, drumming their fingers on the surface of the water. But most people only have ten fingers. And in a few minutes that followed, there were hundreds of these tiny shapes wiggling hungrily from all sides of the sailboat. The lacrimose leeches made a quiet, whispering sound on the water as they swam, as if the Baudelaire orphans were surrounded by people murmuring terrible secrets. The children watched in silence as the swarm approached the boat, each leech knocking lightly against the wood. Their tiny leech mouths puckered in disappointment as they tried to taste the sailboat. Leeches are blind, but they aren't stupid, and the lacrimose leeches knew that they were not eating a banana. You see, Klaus said nervously as 
as the tapping of leech mouths continued, were perfectly safe. Yes, said Violet. She wasn't sure that they were perfectly safe, not at all. But it seemed best to tell Aunt Josephine that they were perfectly safe. We're perfectly safe, she said. Tapping, the tapping sound continued, getting a little rougher and louder. Frustration is an interesting emotional state because it tends to bring out the worst in whoever is frustrated. Frustrated babies tend to throw food and make a mess. Frustrated citizens tend to execute kings and queens and make a democracy. And frustrated moths tend to moths, interesting, tend to bang up against light bulbs and make light fixtures all dusty. But unlike babies, citizens, and moths, leeches are quite unpleasant to begin with. Now that the lacrimose leeches were getting frustrated, everyone on the sailboat was quite anxious to see what would happen when the frustration brought out the worst in the leeches. For a while, the small creatures tried and tried to eat the wood, but their tiny teeth didn't really do anything but make an unpleasant knocking sound. But then, all at once, the leeches knocked off, and the Baudelaire's watched them wiggle away from the sailboat. They're leaving, Klaus said, hopefully. But they weren't leaving. When the leeches had reached a considerable distance, they suddenly swiveled their tiny bodies around and came rushing back to the boat with a loud thwack. The leeches all hit the boat more or less at once, and the sailboat rocked precariously. Are you kidding me? A word here which means, in a way, which almost threw Aunt Josephine and the Baudelaire youngsters to their doom. The four passengers were rocked to and fro and almost fell into the waters of the lake, where the leeches were wiggling their way against to prepare another attack. Yaddick, Sunny shrieked and pointed to the side of the boat. Yaddick, of course, is not grammatically correct English, but even Aunt Josephine understood that the youngest Baudelaire meant, look at that crack in the boat that the leeches have made. Oh, no. Do you remember this in the movie? No. The crack was a tiny one, but as long as a pencil and about as wide as a human hair, and it was curved downward, so it looked as if the sailboat was frowning at them. If the leeches kept hitting the side of the boat, the frowning would only get wider. We have to sail much faster, faster, Klaus said, or the boat will be in pieces in no time. But sailing relies on the wind, Violet pointed out. We can't make the wind go faster. I'm frightened, Aunt Josephine cried. Please don't throw me overboard. <laughs> like they think they're going to throw their aunt. Um, let's see here. Don't, don't throw me overboard. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Nobody's going to throw you overboard, Violet said impatiently, although I'm sorry to tell you that Violet was wrong about that. Take an oar, Aunt Josephine said. Klaus, take the other one. If we use the sail, the tiller, and the oars, we should move much more quickly. Thwack! The lacrimose leeches hit the side of the boat. Whack! Yep, thwack. It says thwack. No, I'm saying whack. Lacrimose. Oh, yeah, sorry. Lacrimose leeches hit the side of the boat, widening the crack and the rock, the side and rocking the boat again. One of the leeches was thrown over to the side, over the side, in impact and twisted its way. It twisted this way and that way on the floor of the boat, gnashing its teeth as it looked for food. Grimacing, Klaus walked cautiously over and tried to kick the leech overboard, but it clung to its shoe and began gnawing at the leather. With a cry of disgust, 
Klaus shook his leg and the leech fell onto the floor of the sailboat again, stretching its tiny neck and opening its shut and shutting its mouth. Violet grabbed the long pole with the neck with the net at the end of it, swooped up the leash and and tossed it overboard. The whack the crack widened enough that a bit of water began to dribble through, which made a small puddle on the sailboat's floor. Sunny, Violet said, keep an eye on that puddle. When it gets bigger, use the bucket to throw it back into the lake. Mofi, Sunny shrieked, which meant I certainly will. There was a whispering sound as the leeches swam away to the ram of the boat again. Oh, to ram the boat again. Klaus and Aunt Josephine began rowing as hard as they could while Violet adjusted the sailboat and kept the net in her hand for any more leeches who got on board. Thwack, thwack. There were two loud noises, now one on each side of the boat and the bottom, which cracked immediately. Leeches had divided into two teams, which is is good news for the for playing kickball, but bad news if you're being attacked. Aunt Josephine gave a shriek of terror. Water was now leaking into the sailboat in two spots. Sunny abandoned the tiller and the bail and abandoned the tiller to bail the water back out. Klaus stopped rowing and held the oar up without a word. It had several small bite marks on it. The, wor- the work of the lacrimose leeches. Rowing isn't going to work, he reported to Violet solemnly. If we row anymore, these oars are going to have completely, these oars will be completely eaten. Violet watched Sunny crawl around on the, with a bucket full of water. Rowing won't help us anyway, she said. The boat's sinking. We need help. Klaus looked around at the dark and still waters, emptying, empty except for the sailboat. Swarms of leeches. Where can we get help in the middle of a lake, he asked. We're going to have to signal for help, Violet said, and reached into her pocket and took out a ribbon, handing Klaus the fishing net that she used the fishing net, and she used the ribbon to tie her hair up, keeping it out of her eyes. Klaus and Sunny watched her, knowing that only that she only tied up her hair when she was thinking of an invention, and right now they indeed needed quite an invention, an invention quite desperately. That's right, Aunt Josephine said the Violet. Close your eyes. That's what I do when I'm afraid, and it always makes me feel better to block out the fear. She's not blocking out anything, Klaus said. She's, she's concentrating. Klaus are right. Violet was concentrating so hard, racking her brain for any good signal to keep to f- signal for help. She thought of fire alarms with flashing lights, loud sirens, fire alarms, or all excellent ideas and ways of signaling assistance. Although the Baudelaire orphans, of course, sadly knew some of the fire engines arrived too late to save people's lives, a fire alarm was still a good invention, and Violet turned to think of ways that she could in- and imitate it using materials around her. She needed to make a loud sound to get somebody's attention, and she needed to make a bright light so that a person would know where they were. Thwack, thwack. The two teams of leeches leeches hit the boat again, and there was a splash. Come on. It's okay. Come on, little page. There was a splash more and water came pouring into the sailboat. Sunny started to fill the bucket with water, but Violet reached forward and took it from Sunny's hands. Barrow, Sunny shrieked, which meant, are you crazy? But Violet had no time to answer. No, as a matter of fact, I'm not, she said. 
No, and holding on to the bucket in the hand and began to climb up the mass. It is diff- it is difficult enough to climb up a mass of a boat, mast of a boat, but it is triply difficult if the boat is being shocked and rocked by a bunch of hungry leeches. So allow me to advise you that this is another thing that you should no- under no circumstances try to do. But Violet Baudelaire was a wonder kind and German a German word which means someone who is able to quickly climb massive boats by being attacked by leeches. So she was on the top of the swaying mass of the boat. She took the bucket and hung it by its handle on the top of the mast, so it swung this way and that, the way a bell might do in a bell tower. I don't mean to interrupt you, Klaus said, scooping up furious leeches with the net and tossing them back into the lake, but this boat is really sinking. Please hurry. Violet hurried. Hurriedly, she grabbed a hold of the corner of the sail and, taking a deep breath to prepare herself, jumped back down to the floor of the boat. Just as she had hoped, the sailboat ripped as she hustled or as she hurtled to the ground, slowing down, slowing her down and leaving her with large, a large piece of, piece of cloth. By now, the sailboat had quite a lot of water in it, and Violet splashed over Aunt Josephine, avoiding the many leeches that Klaus was tossing out of the boat as quickly as he could. I need your oar, Violet said, wading wading the piece of the sail up into a ball, a wadding, wadding the piece of sail up into a ball, and your hairnet. You can have the oar, Aunt Josephine said, handing it to her, but I need my hairnet. It will keep my bun in place. Give her the hairnet, Klaus cried, hoping, hopping up once one of the seats as a leech tried to bite his knee. But I'm scared of having my hair in my face, Aunt Josephine whined, just as another pair of thwacks hit the boat. I don't have time to argue with you, Violet cried. I'm trying to save each of our lives. Give me your hairnet right now. The expression, Aunt Josephine said, is saving all of our lives, not each of our lives. But Violet had heard enough, splashing forward and avoiding a pair of wriggling, wriggling leeches. The eldest Baudelaire reached forward and grabbed Aunt Josephine's hairnet off her head. She wrapped the crumpled part of the sail up into the hairnet and then grabbed the fishing pole attached to the messy ball cloth to the fishnet. It looked like she was about to go fishing for some kind of fish that looked that liked sailboats in hair accessories for food. Thwack, thwack, the sailboat tilted from one side to the other. The leeches almost smashed their way to the side. Violet took the oars and began rubbing them side to side down the boat as fast and hard as she could. What are you doing, Klaus asked, catching three leeches, one in in one swoop of his net. I'm trying to create friction, Violet said, by rubbing two pieces of wood together. I'll create friction. Friction creates a spark. When I get a spark, I'll set the cloth and hairnet on fire and use it as a signal. You want to set fire? A set of fire, Klaus said, but fire means more danger. Not if I wave fire over my head using the fishing net pole. Violet said, I'll do that and hit the bucket like a bell. That should create enough signal to fetch some fetch someone for help. She rubbed and rubbed the oar against the side of the boat, but no sparks happened. The sad truth is that the wood was too wet from the hurricane, Her, hurricane Herman and Lake Lacrimose to create enough friction to start a fire. It was a good idea, but Violet realized as she rubbed and rubbed without any results that this was the wrong idea. Uh oh.
thwack, thwack. Violet looked around at Aunt Josephine and her terrified siblings and felt a hope leak out of her heart as quickly as the water was leaking into the boat. It's not working, Violet said miserably and felt tears rolling down her cheeks. She thought of the promise she made to her parents shortly before they were killed that she would always take care of her youngest siblings. The leeches swarmed around the sinking boat and Violet feared that she had not lived up to her promise. It's not working, she said again and dropped her oar in despair. We need a fire, but I can't invent one. It's okay, Klaus said, even though, of course, it was not. We'll think of something. Tin tet, Sunny said, which meant something along the lines of, don't cry, you tried your best. But Violet cried anyways. It is easy to say that the important thing to do is trust. But if you are in real trouble, the most important thing is not trying your best, but getting to safety. The boat rocked back and forth and water poured through the cracks and Violet cried because it looked like they would never get to safety. Her shoulders shaking, with sobs, she held the spyglass up to her eyes to see by any chance if there was a boat nearby or if the tide had happened to carry the sailboat to shore. But all she could see when the moonlight was reflections of rippling waters on the lake, and this was a lucky thing. Because as soon as Violet saw a flickering reflection, she remembered that the scientific principle of the convergence and refraction of light. The scientific principles of the convergence and refraction of light are very confusing, and quite frankly, I can't make heed or, or tail of them, even with my friend Dr. Lawrence explained to me. But they made perfectly, but they made perfect sense to Violet. Instantly, she thought of a story her father had told her long ago when she was just beginning to be interested in science. When her father was a boy, he had a dreadful cousin who liked to burn ants, starting fires by focusing a light of sun with her magnifying, with her magnifying glass. Burning ants, of course, is an ad, abhorrent hobby. Of The word here, abhorrent, here means that count, what Count Olaf used to do when he was was ab cut oh, about your age but remembering the story made violet see that she could use the lens of the spyglass to focus the light of the moon to make a fire without wasting another moment she grabbed the spyglass and removed the lens then looking at the moon tilted the lens at an angle that she hastily computed into her hand the moonlight passed through the lens and was concentrated into a long thin band of light like a glowing thread leading right into the piece of the sail, held by a ball by Aunt Josephine, hairnet in the Aunt Josephine's hairnet. In a moment, the threads had become a small flame. It's miraculous! Klaus cried as the flame took hold. It's unbelievable! Aunt Josephine cried. Fonty! Sunny shrieked. It's a, it's the scientific principle of of convergence and refraction of light, Violet cried, wiping her eyes, stepping carefully to avoid onboard leeches, and so as to not pour out the fire, she moved up to the front of the boat. With one hand, she took an oar and rang the bucket, making a loud sound to get somebody's attention. With the other hand, she held the fishing rod up high, making a bright light so that the people would know where they were. Violet looked up at her, Violet looked up at her homemade signaling device that finally caught fire, all because of a silly story her father had told her. Her father's aunt-burning cousin sounded like a dreadful person, but if she had suddenly appeared on a sailboat, Violet had, would have given her big, grateful hug. 
As it turned out, however, the signal was mixed was a mixed blessing, a phrase here which means something half good and something half bad. Somebody saw the signal almost immediately. Somebody who was already sailing on the lake who and who was onward was heading towards the Baudelaire's in an instant. Violet, Klaus, and Sunny, and even Aunt Josephine all grinned as they saw another boat sailing into view. They were being rescued, and that was good half, but the smiles began to fade as the boat drew closer and they saw who was sailing it. Aunt Josephine and the orphans saw the wooden leg Pe- wooden peg leg and navy blue sailor cap and the eye patch and they all knew who was coming to their aid it was captain sham of course and he was probably the worst half in the world